Hello and welcome into episode 45 of the Stomp the Bus Show. I am your host, Mark Harris. And Colton, I got one question for you. What's that, Mark? Are you ready to predict the future? Because that's what we're going to do. Picking win totals for the Pac-12, all 12 teams, uh, for the final year of the uh, this version of the Pac-12. And there's some interesting numbers out there. Um, Colton, what are you excited about? Just going through the going through the numbers. I mean, just to start, you know, take it from the top a little bit. I'm excited to get into this. Gambling is is kind of my uh, my thing, if you will. Uh, I'm not always great at it, but that, that that keeps me that keeps me chasing excellence, right? I don't I don't want to be satisfied if I won every bet that I placed. I, I would um, I, I wouldn't really have that drive you know it's it's just something we just have money more money yeah exactly but i mean money isn't why we do this we do this for for immortality we do this for for glory um so i'm i'm looking forward to breaking down some of these these totals um looking at you know what you think the only thing is that you know last year when we did this there's there's a pity uh, a pretty glaring void on this chat right now. Um, no, no Connor. No Connor. And that, that kind of has me all out of sorts because maybe um, we could have him for like a like a, some different types of futures odds bet uh entering the season. Yeah. Options. You know, we we gotta get him back in the mix at some point, but we'll power through, we'll overcome, um, and then right. we'll break this down so that our our five loyal viewers or our listeners can can make fun of us when we're wrong. Have you ever seen the movie Yes Man with Jim uh, Carrey? Jim Carrey? Yeah, or yeah, it is Jim Carrey. Oh, I I think I have, but or like it was one of those to say yes to everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was one of those movies that like came out. I saw it in the theater, but then I just never saw it again. And it came out like fifteen years ago. Okay, so there's a oh. it's a very obscure but reference, but there's a scene in the movie when the girl that he's like talking to or whatever is in a band and they're on stage and she can name all five of the people in the audience because it's the same five people that come to every single show. So she shouts them out by name. That's, and that's what I feel like that's what I feel like we have on this podcast. So that's right. Uh, just a loyal listenership. Um, well, it's like that meme. It's like that meme of the guy holding the boombox on the building, and he's like bumping music, and then there's like three guys at the bottom dancing. Right, right. Any sort of reference to somebody playing for a very small, um, intimate, if you will, audience, um, then the intimacy is the. I would say that's the best part. Yeah, with with the audience, correct. Yeah. Um. <laughs> oh man, we're just joshing around here. Also, I uh, wanted to mention this before we get going. Um, big thanks to Ralph Amstead for coming on the show two weeks ago. Super informative. Um, I mentioned this to Colton, you know, in person, but just Ralph saying that yeah, yeah, uh, Brian Ward wanted the ASU job, like. It, just the fact that like that type of inside knowledge uh, was really cool to have, and 
Uh, we'll hope to have him on probably sometime before the season starts, I'd imagine, late August. So That'd be awesome. Yeah, I, I feel like I learned so much from that show and just, you know, such a cool guy, such a good conversation. It was awesome that he was willing to do it and that he was willing to come back on at some point and we didn't we didn't blow that that opportunity. So No. No, we did we did not fumble the bag. So Yeah. So that's good. Yeah. Um got some news slash recruiting stuff I wanted to touch on before uh, we get into it. Uh gonna go off the gridiron onto the rink. Because ASU Hockey is joining a new conference. Um, it is joining, and this is official. There were rumors that it was going to happen, but, and th- this was like last week. Yeah, this is, this is uh, July 5th, the day that they uh, published it on the NCHC website. Uh, it stands for National Collegiate Hockey Conference. So it's, it's a pretty generic name, and it's a lot of, here, I'm just going to read it. Uh, Arizona State will join Colorado College, University of Denver, Miami University, the University of Minnesota Duluth, University of Nebraska Omaha, North Dakota, St. Cloud State University, and Western Michigan in composing the NCHC's membership. And that would be Miami of Ohio. Uh, apparently, they're going to have like three team pods. So it's nine teams, and ASU would be with the two Colorado schools. And that's awesome to me. What were the what were the two Colorado schools again? So it's University of Denver and Colorado College. I believe Colorado College is in Colorado Springs. I'm looking this up. Um, their head office is in Colorado Springs. The conferences, yep, it's in Colorado Springs. So that's two easy places to get to from Phoenix, you know. Yeah, definitely. And if I'm not mistaken, Denver. Wait, maybe I'm thinking. Uh, let's see. Yeah, University of Denver is the school. I was thinking of the right school. They are a a hockey powerhouse. So, yeah, uh, playing playing in that division, you're you're gonna be playing some of the some of the top programs in in um, collegiate hockey. So Minnesota Duluth is crazy good too. Yeah, there's there's so. definitely some powerhouses in that that conference. So. Um, ambitious for sure it's cool that they joined a conference and uh i don't know it's it's I, good news you know yeah anytime, I know. You play, anytime you can play some of the top competition in a conference you're only going to get better your exposure is going to grow to recruits who pay attention yep. to those schools um yep. so good news for sure yeah i like that you have three or i think it's maybe it's only two teams in minnesota um okay only two teams in minnesota we have north dakota bemidji's in it no it's uh st cloud state and minnesota duluth oh okay but those are hockey schools and like uh i really like that you're in a league it just makes sense um and the fact that you're in a grouping with the two colorado schools that just works you know so geographically that makes a lot of sense for sure yeah, and I think it would be cool. It also, I think it's good for the ASU program to like establish rivalries, um, and that should be fun. I think it'll just add to the ASU hockey experience, which is already. I mean, you've been to those games; they're pretty fun. So um, I've actually never been to one. Oh, you have? Oh, not at the new. Actually, not at the new arena. Oh, I okay. went at, um, it's pretty cool. Ocean. I like Mullet. 
Uh, I've been to quite a few at Oceanside. I used to cover that team, but I never went at um, – I've never been to the new arena. The well, bullets. smells a lot better than Oceanside. And that, yeah. Anything smells better than Oceanside, I would think. Ocean, Oceanside uh, – Lord. Oceanside did not have a Shaq's Big Chicken in it, so. Mm, okay. Mullet does. And it has great hockey as well. Well, there you go. At least, at least when the Coyotes aren't playing, anyway. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, burn. Uh, ASU added some recruits in the meantime as well. Uh, I Did we talk about the Scottsdale receiver Plass Johnson on the show with Ralph? Uh, I think we may have talked about him, like, potentially committing, but he did commit. Um, pick, picked ASU over... Uh, BYU and Kansas State. So that's good. You keep a kid chaparral product. You keep him uh, in the backyard, so to speak. You don't want to lose a recruiting battle to BYU and K-State as ASU. That, that, that's a tough look, in my opinion. Right for a local recruit, too. Exactly. That's, that's a good point. Um, and then on, I think it was June 30th, day after we recorded uh, this is the best pickup, in my opinion. Uh, three-star tight end, Jaden Fortier out of Tualatin, Oregon. He is the number one recruit out of the state of Oregon. Wow. For 24-7 sports. Yeah, he's a high, super high three-star. And we beat out U of A to get him, too, so that's fun. Um, and listed at 6'5", 220. I actually saw a little bit of his film on twitter and he looked like the typical you know dominant <laughs> man amongst boys high school player so that's a good yeah. sign um and he yeah so that's good adding him um and then on the 4th of july they picked up two guys in the secondary first being um where is he uh, martel hughes from san diego uh he is a safety and he is actually the first safety in their class. So good to address that need. They beat out four other Pac-12 schools to get him. They beat out U of A, Cal, and Wazoo. So he's more of a mid, mid-tier three-star recruit, but um, you know, better he's on your team than the other team. So glad to have him. 6'2, 180. So there you go. Chris Johnson Jr. too, right? Yep, and that's that's the last one. That's uh, out of Alito, Texas. And, yeah, he, he is like – he was a four-star on on three. Definitely another really high three-star. And um, this is a big pickup. Especially – yeah, and you look at the – his top three was ASU and then Oregon and Arkansas. So that's – that's some decent competition you're beating out in the recruiting front, at least for him too. So, uh, you know, good. Just it. It's nice to just uh, have a normal recruiting cycle as a fan, because <laughs> we it had been like two years of just like oh, I mean, like just getting a commitment like once every few months it seemed like. So, Definitely, glad to see. Yeah. They are 
keeping the foot on the gas pedal in that regard. Uh, Rivals now has us, we are like 39th and our average uh, player rating is pretty good too. So that's good. I think uh, we're a little lower on 24 seven, but just kind of in the mid power five range. So good stuff. All right. Glad we finished that up because now it is time to pick some games. Well, I guess not pick some games, but pick some over-unders. Totals, which is ultimately picking games, picking games. in yeah. mass. So. Yeah. And so what we're going to do for this is uh, we're using FanDuel, and we're just going to read off the odds. But oh, we're using not- FanDuel now? Oh, yeah, we're using FanDuel. Okay, I'll switch over. I was on MGM. Okay. So in the beginning, uh, before we were recording, Colton was like, let's use FanDuel. And I was like, oh, I had MGM, and now we switched. (laughs) Yeah, well, I was going, you know, you kind of call the shots around here, so I was just going to go with your thing. But If you want to do MGM, I don't care, you know. I'm already on FanDuel, man. All right. You can't keep making me do this. And we are doing... FanDuel. Uh, and so we're not going to, we're just going to read off the um, the odds, but I'm going to put, uh, I'm on fbsschedules.com and I'm going to superimpose the schedule on here at some point. Do, do, do. Okay. Why is it showing me 2016? There we go. All righty. You know, I don't know. I can't seem to find win totals on. Oh, here, here we go. I found them. On FanDuel? Yeah, I just found them. We're good. Okay. Yeah, no, I have it right in front of me. So. All right. So we'll just go alphabetical order then. Is that what we're going to do? So, no, let's, let's do Arizona State and then let's just do alphabetical order from there. Okay. So, uh, ASU is listed on FanDuel over under four and a half wins, which, look, I know I'm wearing, like, I'm wearing an ASU shirt right now. We're incredibly biased. I thought it would be higher than four and a half wins. Yeah, and and there doesn't seem to be much juice on either side of it. It's a true uh, pick them, basically. You know, over or under four and a half, you're getting the same odds. Uh, we went through this with Ralph on our last episode and kind of just went through each game and the implications for each game. Like every one of these games, there's going to be something that gets ASU somewhat fired up and somewhat ready to play. Um, it, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of games on this schedule. To Ralph's point, he brought it up last week. Um, there's not a lot of games on this schedule that. ASU isn't going to have like something more to play for in. Does that make sense? Right, right. Um, You know, as long as there's not a a colossal meltdown against like Southern Utah in week one. Well, (laughs) um, if they lose to Southern Utah, then that's a whole nother story. So five wins would get you this over. And I'm looking through it. I'm trying to find the five wins, right? And I'm 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 gonna say Southern Utah is one of them. 
and then you go to Cal, and then Colorado comes to Tempe. I'm going to say that's another win. I'm, I'm kind of torn on Cal. What do you think on Cal? Yeah, I think, I think at Cal is a true, like, coin flip game. Yeah, like a toss-up. Like, we don't know. We don't know enough about either team at this point to be like, oh, ASU's dead. Like, I would think ASU is more than capable of winning that game. But, we, you know, who knows? <laughs> so, okay. What, what is Fresno State? In, in all transparency, I have no idea what to expect. Well, Fresno so they're going to be good. They still have – yeah. They lost Jake Hayner, right? Um, yeah, right. They're going to be – I still think they're going to be good because they have Jeff Tedford as head coach, and he's a good head coach. Uh, I would expect – it's weird. I feel like if ASU beats Oklahoma State, I would have more expectation of them losing to Fresno. Okay. And then if they lose to Oklahoma State, I would have more expectation of them beating Fresno State. There's, you know, there's no real, like – scientific method behind that it just it feels like when teams um like it's the emotional letdown after a huge win or it's the desperation after a loss type of deal you know right right like the momentum swings i'll i'll say this this is what i'm thinking right now if asu is going to get this over if if this win total is going to go over they absolutely need to win three of the four games against Southern Utah, Fresno State, Cal, and Colorado. I think you can win or you can lose one of those games if you have the over, assuming that Oklahoma State and USC are losses, okay? So let's just chalk those up as losses. If you get three out of four against Southern Utah, Fresno State, Cal, and Colorado, you have a pulse because you have – you mean three? Oh, yeah, yeah, three out of four. Three out of the four in, in that four game. Oh, that not, game. yeah. Yes, not before the bye. Okay, so if you're going into the bye, that would be three and three. You have no, you'd to be go, three and two. Would they be? Hang on, because I'm saying they lose one to, let's say they lose to Oklahoma State, Southern Utah, Oklahoma State, um, Fresno State, they're two and one. Lose to USC, two and two. Uh, beat Cal three and two, and then or wait, no, hold on. Lose to one of those. You're right. They would be, no, they would be three and three. No, three and three. I was yeah. Wrong. No, that's okay. Um, so you're three and three going into the bye. Then you got to go to Seattle and play Washington. That's a loss. That's a loss. You've got Wazoo in Tempe. That's a big. That's a big one for this. That is that is a pivotal game for this total. Well, especially if you look at what's next after that home game against Wazoo. You're at Utah on November fourth. That seems like it's going to be very difficult to win. At UCLA yeah. is possible. You could definitely win that game, but it's going to be tough. And then hosting Oregon is going to be tough too. And then you right. host Bay, and that's going to be tough in its own different way. It feels like it feels like if you have this over, three and three at the buy is mandatory. You have to be three and three at the buy, and then if you if if you get the Wazoo win, it's going to come down to the final two games, maybe even UCLA. The thing is, if you get the Wazoo win, 
That's four wins by October 28th. You have the whole month. You have the whole rest of the season just to win one more game out of four games. Right. And obviously it's a tough schedule. Some pretty solid teams. I would say the most likely – but, I mean, that Oregon game – Oregon and Tempe is always a shootout. Yeah, yeah. And that's the, you know, the Kenny Dillingham against Dan Lanning game. Yes. That could be, that could be a, a wild game. You know what? Well, yeah, because there, there was the time, the IU game, and then um, the Vernon Adams game, if you remember right. that. Right, was that the triple overtime? Yeah, that okay. with the, the touchdown catch catch at the back of the end zone because he didn't have. Yeah, that. yeah. You know what? Give me give me over four and a half. Yeah, I'm I am also at over four and a half. Um, look, if to me, there is a very real chance, like they could easily go four and two in the first six games. Yeah, I mean Southern Utah, Oklahoma State again. That is a winnable game. I don't know if, you know, who knows what will happen, but that's winnable. Fresno right. State, all three of those USC is going to be very tough. Um, and then at Cal and you host Colorado. And then if you go four and two, like it, if you go four and two, then first of all, the fan base is going to be like, the team's going to just have more confidence uh, in general. The fan base is going to be activated for lack of a better word. Uh, and then in terms of just winning this bet, you would have to win just one more game and you would have two home games against Wazoo and Arizona. And so you could even lose all the games you think you would lose. And then in terms of making bowl, like they would just have to beat one team that they don't, they don't expect to beat right now. So I, I, I just, I just don't think it's that much to ask for this team to win two more games than they did last year, you know? Yeah, and I, you know, looking at this, they they, and they lost those games last year too. Like obviously, they tra- they yeah, games, they only travel one time between their first game of the season and October twenty first, and that's to Berkeley, right? Yeah, they they no, got- two of their game, two of their road games are in uh, UCLA and Berkeley. Yeah, you know, that's their, not their longest trip is going to be Seattle. Yeah. Um, well, and that's the thing is, I'd rather you play what like obviously UW in Tempe. They don't win. They haven't won Tempe in forever. But just in the context of the strength of these teams, I would much rather play UW in Seattle this year just because it's like, well, you're probably going to lose that game anyway. You know? Um, yeah. So. I mean, you're right. Four and two in the first six games of the season is is super doable and if they if they're four and two going into the bye i i think that's over this this totals a lock yeah. to go over um and i mean just looking at this schedule it, it's that should super- be the goal by the way they that should be like obviously the goal is to win every game but like if you're like in in the back office of the coaching like they're probably thinking if we can go four and two you know then who knows how the rest sets up but um, they might be thinking they can go five and one. Honestly, I, that I, that just ask, that's I mean, asking a little too much. But that that could also happen. Like that doesn't seem 
No. If Baldwin one happened, it wouldn't be like it, it doesn't seem super unlikely. Right. I mean, even being like realistic about it, I mean, the Cal game is definitely a toss up. I think for uh, Oklahoma State is a little more of a toss up, too. I mean, the non conference games are always kind of a, a mixed bag a little bit. Right. You never really know until you get there. Um, I mean, of those first, you have five home games of that first six. Yeah. So if you do go five and one in the first six games, it would be a little paper tigery, you know, but it's better than, I mean, you were three and 19 last year. So, yeah. And then you said it, you only got to win one more game um, to get to a bowl game. So exactly. And that's the five and one, I would say, is like the absolute best case scenario. There's, but I I would say three and three is a little more realistic at the bye week. Um, And then you just need to get two more in that, that last stretch to, to, to go over. So I'm leaning over on this one. Yeah. It just, it just like looking at the schedule just doesn't seem like that. I mean, you're only, you only have to win five games to hit the over. Like this, it's not. If they just won five games, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be a little bit disappointed if they only go five and seven this year. That would kind of be – I'm not going to be, like, super upset or anything. Like, if they went four and eight, I would be upset. But if they go five and seven, I'll just be annoyed. But ultimately, it's still a step in the right direction. Um, but, it, yeah. So, I just – that's just a lot of wiggle room, you know. So, we are in agreement there. Uh, take it to the bank, folks. The Sun Devils are winning at least five games next year. All right. On to Arizona. Next? Okay. Yeah. I mean, they have the so, exact same win total, but just so much more juice on this over. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah. They, they're at four and a half, too. You know, I've seen other books with them at like five or at five or five and a half. So I can see why there's so much juice on the on the over. Yeah, it might even it might even shift to five, five and a half before kickoff. So yeah. if you're if you're really um bullish on U of A, you might want to pounce on this. Or I mean even wait <laughs> if you think they could win six games, wait, get some better some better juice on five and a half when it ultimately shifts. Um, I mean, the value here is obviously on under four and a half wins. Do you think they win four games? I don't know. If you're chasing the the payout, obviously that's the way you lean. You're not going to get a ton of value on over four and a half wins. Um, but yeah, I have the schedule right here, Mark. Are you looking at it? Yeah, I, I just lost it from my computer uh, real quick, but we are back. Um, I'm telling you right now, I think four and a half super low for U of A. So I'm, uh, I think I like, I, that's crazy to me that, uh, four and a half is their number. Um, not that again, they don't have to be that good to, (laughs) to get the over, but, uh, yeah, let's go through the schedule here. Um, obviously they start at home. Hosting the Northern Arizona Lumberjacks, who they would never lose to, right? They've never lost to NAU. Oh, wait, they have. Um, but 
that was a different U of A team as much as I want to joke about it. Um, then they're at Mississippi State. I mean, it's not impossible that they win that game, but I also do, would not expect them to win that game. Host yeah, Utah. I, on that one. I mean, they could easily be three and one. Like, let's be real. Definitely. I, uh, I mean, they're at Stanford. The what'd you say? They're at Stanford on the September 23rd. Yeah, that's what I saw too. And I mean, between them, uh, between Mississippi State and UTEP, um, I, I do think they beat UTEP. UTEP is always a pretty tough team, though. You know, like, um, I always mix yeah. up. I'm pretty sure they were ranked last year at one point, weren't they? I don't think so. No, you're, you're, you're mixing them up with UTSA. You're right. I do that all the time. UTSA yeah. and UTEP. So if they were playing um, UTSA, that would not be a guaranteed win at all. But No, but but UTEP always it seems to play pretty tough. Um, anytime I watch them play, regardless of record or anything like that, I still think U of A wins that game. They get, they get UTEP at home. Um, but I think, yeah, three and one after their first four seems, seems pretty likely. Um, and then they get Washington at home. Um, which yeah, they, they could win that game. They could win that game. Um, at the very least, that one's going to be a shootout, I think. Um, so, I mean, if you get, if you get four wins by September 30th, five wins before your buy, I mean, Juve could float this before their, their bye week. Um, and then after the bye, they get UCLA at home, Oregon state at home. Uh, they have to go to Boulder to play Colorado, um, Utah at home. Again, Utah comes to Tucson and then uh, territorial cup in Tempe. So, I think this is another over for me. I think I might even take it up to five and a half wins. I'd go over. I think they could they could win at the very least six games this year. They could. I so I think U of A is going to be a better team than they were last year, but I also don't know if that means they'll be any better in the uh, record column. If that makes sense, like I think they could like a more competitive. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Like I could very easily see them going five and seven again, but being actually like better somehow. Um, yeah. But four and a half, that's just yeah. Like, look, I would I would love to be confident that U of A uh is not gonna win four and a half games, but I think that's just a little you know unrealistic. Yeah. No, I'm but, with you. Like, they did yeah. lose a good chunk of guys to USC through the portal, but ultimately, like, the schedule, like, they just, they, they just have enough opportunities to win games, you know? They just have enough. Um, yeah, the schedule, the schedule favors over four and a half, and even over five and a half, I would say. I, anything over five and a half, I'm, I'm going under. I don't think they win more than six, but um, I, I would definitely once this inevitably shifts before kickoff up to five and a half, just based on the juice, um, I would still lean over, and you're going to get some better value on over five and a half anyway. So that I'm going over out of the gate for both of the Arizona schools. Right. Okay. Let's run through these Cal Golden Bears. 
listed at five and a half wins. The uh, over is plus 118 and the under is minus 148. They go start the season on the road at North Texas, which is odd. Then they host Auburn and then they host Idaho. Then at Washington, hosting ASU, hosting Oregon State, at Utah, hosting USC, at Oregon, uh, hosting Wazoo, and then at Stanford and at UCLA. Whew, this is it's a tricky schedule. Yeah, the middle part of this schedule from the 23rd to the 4th is just a gauntlet. I mean, outside of ASU, but even then, it's not as long as they're – I don't think ASU is going to be a pushover or anything like that, just relative to, you know, Washington, Oregon State, Utah, USC, Oregon. Like, they have a gauntlet in the middle of their schedule. And they, they Well, they have, six, they have six road games. Yeah, exactly. One of them being against North Texas. Yeah, so, going to Texas. For this is first. tough, man. I yeah. mean, who would miss? Um they don't play someone in this. Oh, they don't play Colorado. Mm-hmm. So that that's you'd probably rather play Colorado, and they don't play U of A, and that's a winnable game for them too. I I think I them winning six games With feels like block. yeah. It that feels like that feels like a lot when the two teams you miss. Are Colorado and Arizona, like you have to play every currently ranked team in the Pac-12. I don't know what rankings are that they're going off of, but at 12 Washington Huskies, 17 Oregon State, at 14 Utah Utes, four USC Trojans, at number 15 Oregon Ducks, and that's not even including UCLA, who could be ranked as well at some point. So, yeah, I think. lockstep on this one like yeah no i'm with you i think the only hope that they have is sweeping the non-conference they have to go three and oh before they play their first conference game and that's gonna be tough it's gonna be very tough because Um, it's not like yeah you because if they were hosting north texas i would they would you know North, north texas is a decent g5 team but i would still pick cal to win on the road that's a coin flip man like yeah you know if, if it comes down to your um, your feelings on picking Cal to sweep the non-conference, if you think they will, I mean, even if they do, you need to get three more wins out of this schedule. And yeah, it would be Wazoo and Stanford have to be two of them. And you're playing, I mean, Stanford, that's right down the road. But and then UCLA at the Rose Bowl. Yeah, I'm going under on this one. Um, yeah, we keep I, agreeing, I, but yeah, I mean, it's just we well, we would have disagreed on U of A if it if it were five and a half. So I guess from there, um, yeah. All right, on to uh, we're not going to go alphabetical necessarily. We're gonna, just going to do uh, Stanford next since they're in the Bay Area as well. Under two and a half wins, plus one fifty two on FanDuel. Over two and a half <laughs> wins. Minus 188. Wow. Um, so they start the year at Hawaii, which I can't wait to watch that game, man. 
and it's uh, on a Friday. Oh my gosh! On CBS Sports nothing, Network, starting at eight p.m. There's dude. nothing better than the Hawaii game every oh. weekend. I can't wait. I'm ex- I'm so excited for that. Uh, and then the following week at USC, gonna be tough. They host Sacramento State. They host U of A on September 23rd, then uh, hosting Oregon. By week at Colorado, host UCLA, host Washington, at Wazoo. Ooh, they got at Wazoo and at Oregon State November 4th and then 11th. Uh, that's not what you want. That's not the time of the year you want to go up to those places. Um, and then they host Cal on the 18th, and then they host Notre Dame on the 25th to close out the year. This is this is an interesting schedule because I don't know. I like the over. I don't think it's going to be tough. I think they can get to three wins. Over two and a half. Um, yeah, three, three wins is so – low too. winning three games is like a catastrophic season um i mean we would know yeah i would think i would think they could beat sacramento state at home right <laughs> but yeah they well they should no because they they hired sacramento state's head coach okay i think yeah. honestly i think it comes down to the hawaii game because I think they'll be able to pick off someone at some point in conference play. Although having to go at Colorado does not. They, it's, they have, they're at Colorado on a Friday night. <laughs> yeah. Uh, You're right. That, I think it does come down to that Hawaii game, but that's, that's also a tough trip to make, you know, going to, going to Honolulu. True. Game. Although it's probably a lot easier to open the season. Yeah, that's a good you point. Can, you can, they could probably you can get there early. You're not. Yeah, there's no time crunch. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, they should take care of Hawaii, I would think, but who knows? Like that—that that yeah. feels like a, a true toss-up, especially in the first game of the season. Like it's the first time you get a look at either of these teams. Um, I I would feel so much more confident about this if they were hosting Colorado as opposed to going to Colorado. Yeah. Because they don't have many they don't have many opportunities to get a conference win, I don't think. No. I they think they host U of A. They have any if they have any hope of doing this, they would have to be Hawaii and Sacramento State. Right. Man, I they were bad last year too. Like as 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 much as we say like oh two and a half wins isn't I just don't see. I just don't see the wins, though. That's the thing. Yeah, I'm looking at this, and I'm like, I don't know where they get that extra win, and that's if they if they beat Hawaii and yeah. Sacramento State, they could easily drop one of those games, and then it's like, where do you see two wins? All right, Colton. I think we're on opposite sides of this one. Yeah, I think I'm going under on this. I think that's they win two games this year. Yeah. Um. I, I mean, I would not be shocked if they got the third, though. Again, this this is so this is a razor thin line, um, but I'm gonna lean I'm gonna lean under just slightly. 
10 and under. That's what the value is, too. Plus 152 yeah. if they stay under two and a half. I'll, I'll roll the dice on that one. There's clearly a lot of people thinking like me, being like, yeah, they'll win three games. You know, yeah. seeing, seeing Hawaii and Sacramento State on the schedule. I am not super confident in this, but I do like Stanford's head coach, Troy Taylor. Um, so I'll trust in him. All right. Now, now Colorado. Oh, wow. Three and a half wins on FanDuel. Plus 135 for the over, minus 168 for the under. Uh, I, I didn't, I honestly hadn't looked at that. I thought it was going to be lower for Colorado and Coach Prime's first year, but three and a half. Yeah, I'm looking through this right now. Um, Man, they have a tough non <laughs> A very tough non-conference. Well, and just a, a very- tough st- start to the season and a very tough conference schedule like yeah. oh man this one's three and a half yeah is that what it said three and a half three and a half okay so you got to find four wins if you're thinking over they're not going to be tcu no nebraska colorado is possible but it's going to be one of those like new coach versus new coach games that's going to be on Fox, yeah. Game. yeah. Um, I mean, do you trust Matt Rule or, or Coach Prime more in that one? I have no idea. I mean, Matt Rule has been a successful college football coach before. And, yeah. like, let's be – the thing is the transfer portal with Colorado messes this up. But, I mean, as disappointing as Nebraska was last year, they weren't as bad as Colorado was last year, you know. Yeah. But they also are bringing like none of the same players back, so I, <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, that's that's a good point. It, it might take a minute for um, for Sanders and and for um, why am I blanking on his name? The dude who transferred from Jackson State with Dion, Travis Hunter, Travis Hunter, like, all, all the new pieces. They, well, they have some studs, but it's like it, it might take them a couple games to find their footing. It and how are they on the lines of scrimmage? How are they on the lines of scrimmage too? Yeah, Especially I, I am not sure. I have yeah. not looked into Colorado that deeply. But, um, but the thing is, everyone's heard about. Oh, they have Travis Hunter. They have uh, Cormani McLean. They have you know, like they they got a running back from Houston. Like that's awesome. Like that that is going to materially improve them as a team. Yeah. If they had been you know nabbing all these big time offensive linemen and defensive linemen transfers, that would be a different um, different way of thinking about them. So I I'm going I'm going with the under here. I think they can beat one of TCU uh, or Nebraska. I don't think they'll be able to beat both. And I think there's a more likely chance they lose to both. But I do think they can beat one of them, if that makes sense. No, I'm with um, you. I, I do think that they lose to both as well, but I wouldn't I wouldn't be shocked if they yeah. beat Nebraska. I don't think they beat TCU. No. But TCU um, did lose a lot of players, but still. And then Colorado State. That's gonna be that's that's not like a pen that's not like a guaranteed win for Colorado. Like No, I know. I, I would I mean, expect them to win. But 
I mean, there's a very likely chance they could easily start the season one and four. And then look, we both think we're beating Colorado. ASU is going to beat Colorado in Tempe, right? Yeah, I think there's, I think they could be two and seven by the bye. And then you got to get two more wins out of UCLA, Oregon State, U of A, Wazoo, and Utah. They end the season at Wazoo and at Utah. Yeah. Now, I get Bill, like Colorado, they'll be used to the cold, so it's not as bad. But that's still – that's two tough, tough places to play in November. they got to go to Wazoo on a Friday night. That game is going to be unhinged. I know that. Um, and then yeah. they're at Utah. But I'm just looking at this. I think they beat Colorado State, and I think they beat Stanford. And then – Maybe they beat U of A on November 11th. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there's just not a lot. And, like, sure, maybe they could beat Nebraska and Colorado State and then beat Stanford, but then they lose to U of A. Because just the end of that, there's just – the end of that schedule is just brutal. Yeah. Like, it's – the they, yeah, it's. I'm yeah, gonna, I, think, I think we're in agreement on this one. I think this one is under. Okay. All right. Good stuff. Under for both. All right. Now we move on to Oregon Ducks. All right. Let's oh, wait. This is up. Oregon State that I clicked on. I was like, what the heck? Oregon. Okay. Oregon is at nine and a half wins, plus 100 minus – or plus 100 for the over, minus 122 for the under. Okay. So this one's a little closer in terms of the odds you're getting on – I can see why. I mean – Yeah. So, so Oregon – I think it's – I think if you're Oregon – in terms of the over-under, the game that feels like a hinge game is at Texas Tech. Because yeah. if you're an Oregon fan, you're expecting to win that game. But you're not expecting, like, but, it, but like, you could lose that game. Like, and if you do, then it's going to be way harder to go 10-2 and two with at Washington, at Utah, hosting USC, and, of course, the, uh, the game formerly known as the Civil War, and that's not including, like, they had, this is a, the, the Pac-12 really screwed them on this. Well, not screwed them, but it's tricky for their schedule because Oregon has a bye um, Saturday the 7th. They, they're at Washington, and that's going to be just an enormous game. Because those fan bases hate each other. It's like it's going to be the biggest rivalry in the conference. I mean, it, it already is the biggest rivalry in the conference, honestly. Um, and But then, so, you know, win or lose that game, guess what? Next week is Washington, you're hosting Washington State. That's tricky because that's a letdown game no matter what for Oregon. And that's just a tricky spot for them. Um, I'm taking the under on the Ducks. Yeah, I think there's. Even though I think they're going to be really good, like 
Yeah, I mean, easy. even if you think they're going to be a really good team, you have to have a different level of, like, faith in this team. I mean, though, I four and one seems to be the floor going into the bye, right? And yeah. then at that point, they can only we lose one more game the rest of the season, and you still have USC, Wazoo, or not Wazoo, but Washington, Utah, and USC on the schedule, and your rivalry game with Oregon State. Well, and I'll tell you what, uh, at Arizona State on November 18th, sandwiched in between hosting USC and hosting Oregon State, that is an upset spot. Like, it just is. 100%. Yeah, looking past them a little bit. Yeah. And, And historically, Oregon does not play very well in Tempe, at least recently, um, in recent history. So, And you mentioned the uh, – I mean, Dillingham would probably be better ex- to exploit Dan Lanning's defense than your average coach. Yeah, 100%. Just because it's, that's, he it's, it's, it. The sandwich aspect of this, too, that you mentioned is very interesting because it's obviously like whatever happens in the USC game is going to be one of their – outside of wa- uh, Washington – one of their most emotionally charged games of the season, right? Whether yeah. they win or lose, they're going to be riding so high or riding extremely low. And then you got to be ready to play ASU before your rivalry game. That ASU oh. game could could be a loss. Well, and remember, and with remember how they lost to Oregon State last year by getting just ran on the whole entire time. Yeah, and I'm sure if you're an Oregon fan or an Oregon player, like. Let's say they beat USC, like, oh, we beat USC, like we're doing well. And then we have, you know, we have like this one game we have to get through and then we play Oregon State. You know, it's like they're going to be looking at us as like, oh, we just need to and kind of rightfully so, obviously, like, oh, we just need to get past them, you know, survive in advance. Right. Instead of like being like, oh, we need to kick their ass or whatever. So, yeah. Over yeah, I, think you. I think I'll go under with you on this one too. I, I like that. I think there's 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 too many spots here where you could easily see those three losses. Yeah, I so agree. I'll go I with agree. that. All right. Now we shift our attention to the Beavers. They are eight and a half wins on FanDuel. Uh, let me get the just do okay so over eight and a half wins is plus 130 under eight and a half wins is minus 160 interesting so okay what helps for oregon state is they have an easy non-con they are at san jose state which is hilarious um they host uc davis Oh, yeah, that's the Pelton Bowl right there. It, it is the Pelton Bowl. And then they host uh, SDSU. So that they should be able to go 3-0 and in that. Um, yeah, especially with SDSU. They traffic. miss oh. USC. That's, that's big. Yeah. They miss USC. Oh, and they miss us as well. Oh, yeah, okay. That, that's good for ASU. <laughs> yeah. uh, let's see. At Washington State, that'll be tough. You get to host Utah. At so a lot, a lot of their road games are against not great teams. 
They have five road games. Oh, man. Wow. They, they lucked out with this. So Yeah, this is a real favorable schedule. No, they – oh, I'm sorry. They have six road games. But those road games are at San Jose State, at Wazoo, at Cal, at Arizona, at Colorado. Then at – okay, so at Oregon, that's going to be tough. But if you guys have ever been to Oregon, those that's not that far of an actual, like, distance. So, so the, furthest, the furthest east they'll go is Boulder. Right. Well, it's not even about the travel so much as it is the opponent. Right. And it, but I mean, like San Jose, that's a quick road. That's a quick yeah. trip for them. Pullman, quick trip for them. Tucson and Boulder back to back. That could be pretty tough. Um, this is a tough still, one. Yeah. Is one. Nine is a lot. Yeah. Um, and they have to play. Washington and Oregon in back-to-back weeks. For the last, I think I think it's going to come down to, I think they're going to they're going to beat Stanford to get to. Uh, what would it be? Um, I can't do math. That'd be seven and seven and three. Let's say if they would have three, yeah, to, to get to seven and three, and then. Wait, why would they be? Wait, okay, so we have. Or no, they would get to no to nine be, and. Would we say nine and one? Is that what we would think? No, I don't think they'll be nine and one. Yeah, I don't think so either. I mean, they could be. They could be. I think they just like only lost to at if they only lost at Wazoo or they lost to Utah, that would not be crazy for them to enter that final two games nine and one. That's what you would hope. I would expect them to be eight and two at that point, and then it'll come yeah. down to whether they win how they do in those last two games. Yeah, but the thing is, they would have to sweep those last two games. No, they wouldn't. They would just have to go one. Losses, right? Even if they have one loss. Reach it. Yeah, even if they had one loss going into that game, they would have to split with Washington or Washington and Oregon, which is still extremely tough. No, no, no. They they would – they could split – if they had one loss, if they were nine and one entering that, they could lose both those games and still, because they would have already reached the nine wins. Oh, you're right. I, for some reason, I was thinking eight and one. No, you're right. Yeah. So they could drop both of those, but they'd have to go nine and one. Yeah. If they had two losses going in, they'd have to split to get this the. Is tough man. Yeah. The one thing with Oregon State last year is so they lost. They lost to this is just off the top of my head. They lost to Utah. They lost to uh, USC because I remember that game. And then they lost to Washington. And the USC and Washington games were super close. But they didn't lose to any they, – they beat all the other teams they were supposed to beat. But they also had some close wins in there as well. So oh, I just remember them being such an effective running team too. Well, and they had like no quarterback last year. And now they have DJ. Right. Los Angeles Dodgers draft pick DJ Uyunglele. Yeah, um, what do you think? You know, I'm looking at their schedule last year, trying to get a feel for this. Yeah, I remember they almost beat USC. That was that was a heartbreaker. I had Oregon State money line on that. Yeah. Game. Um. Okay. So they'd have to three losses is the under, right? That's what we're. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Utah. That's a tough game. UCLA. 
Well, they lost a lot, but that's still a pretty tough game, I would think. Um, Washington, Oregon. I think U of A is going to be somewhat tough. Yeah. Wazoo. You going the under? Yeah, I'm leaning under on this one, okay. too. There's just that last little stretch. It's, with, it's uh, tricky. Yeah, that last stretch with Washington and Oregon in back-to-back weeks yeah. um, was kind of the difference for me. Because I, I mean, they'd have to go eight and two up to that point, and then they would have to split. They'd have to beat one of those teams, which is tricky too. Um, so yeah, give me under on this one, but it's close. It's really close. I would not be shocked if this goes over. And that's how I feel, but I'm going to be on the over. Um, okay. For me, the things that kind of set this apart is for what one Oregon State plays like a. They're just a ground and pound team, but they're super good at it. And so therefore they're not like there's less risk involved, if that makes sense. They generally play good defense. Um, and the, the kind of so that's one a- aspect of it. Their non-con is another aspect of it. They should be able to go three and zero without breaking a sweat. And the fact that most of their road games are against teams that they're just clearly better than. At this point, you know, at Wazoo, at Cal, at Arizona, at Colorado, those are winnable games. And even if you lose one or two or really one, you're still good. They get Stanford. I think they're capable of splitting that last stretch that we talked about. And I also think they're capable of entering that last stretch nine and one. And from a betting perspective, you don't have to worry about it. So, yeah, no, that's a good point. I Like I said, I can easily see that happening, too. I just. Nine and one is is pretty pretty tough, especially with oh, yeah. UCLA and uh, Utah, UCLA, and Arizona. I don't uh, think they'll be nine and one, but yeah. And then I mean, but splitting too, so get you to where you need to be. Yeah, like I said, this one's really this one's really close for me. I'm leaning under, but I could easily see this going over. All right, good stuff. Now on to the LA schools. Let's try to, we've kind of expounded on our thoughts a lot. Let's try to shorten. Let's rapid fire these next, like, what do we have, six? Uh, should be four. I think it's five, because we did, we did Colorado and not Utah. All right, okay. UCLA, eight and a half. Jeez. That's... Minus 134 on the over, plus 110 on the under. Man, give me the under. I'm, I am UCLA, like, not, I was with you. <laughs> eight and a half. That's high. Their non-con is not ridiculous because they, they host Coastal Carolina, which is an odd game for UCLA to host. At San Diego State, that'll be much more difficult than uh, like Oregon State hosting SDSU. North Carolina Central Eagles, they're at Utah. Host Wazoo at Oregon State at Stanford, host Colorado. They don't play Washington, which helps their cause. They don't play Washington yeah. and Oregon, so that's probably where some of the number comes from. But I'm still going under. Like I think UCLA okay, will so be. A good need, let's see, three losses to go over, right? Yeah. So four to go under. Let's see. I don't know. I, I'm trying to. 
I just feel like Chip Kelly is always primed. Like UCLA under Chip Kelly is always primed for some sort of letdown. Right? Yeah. Like I feel like every time, every season, there's something where you're just like, oh, okay, they underachieved just a little bit. And they lost. I mean, last year they lost to they they were a one loss team and they lost to U of A and that that effed up their season. So right. So that I mean, going to Oregon, going to Corvallis, going to Salt Lake, uh, going to Tucson, and then going to play USC. Um, let's see. So that would be oh man. All right, five, four, three, two. Give me, give one. me the under at eight and four. Yeah, sounds good. Now for the Trojans, uh, over nine and a half wins, minus one eighty-eight. Under nine and a half, plus one one fifty-two. Um. Okay. Well, they play Notre Dame. I think they're they're on the road at Notre Dame mm-hmm. this year. So they play San Jose State in the Coliseum uh, on week zero, which is nice. Then they host Nevada, host Stanford. So they should be three and zero. Have a bye week on September the sixteenth at ASU at Colorado, hosting Arizona. Okay, so their first six they should be six and zero. Like, yeah. If 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 USC is not six and zero, like that is an easy that is an easy ass schedule. And I know ASU's on there, but at Notre Dame, I think they'll I think they're better than Notre Dame with Caleb Williams. I mean, at Cal. Oh no no wait I'm sorry. They then they host Utah, and then they're at Cal, host Washington on the fourth. Oh man, I can't wait to watch that game. At Oregon on the 11th, and then they host UCLA on the 18th. I have a feel on this. What about you, Colton? I'm looking. I'm looking at this schedule. You're right. Six and zero. There's really not a test until they get to Notre Dame. Yeah. Right. And that that back to back with Notre Dame issue will be like um, a weird test, but yeah. I expect them to win that game. Yeah. I mean. The U of A spot is a little interesting to me just because you've got you're at the end of this stretch with inferior teams, right? Teams yeah. are supposed to be. You're at the end of that stretch, and then you've got a back to back with Notre Dame and Utah. So there's a little bit of that. I can't remember what team had the sandwich we were talking about. Um, but there's a little Oregon. bit of that. It was Oregon. Was it Oregon? Because they had walk they had Utah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had Oregon. USC. On the road at ASU, and then they hosted Oregon State. So we were the sandwich team. There's a little bit, but USC is so good that, like, I don't know how much of that is going to come into play here. Um, I could see a loss to either Utah or Notre Dame. And then, yeah, I'm going to go, I'm going to go um, over nine and a half. Over, go yeah, me too. At least. And I, I, I don't know if, like, I think we have to consider the Caleb Williams factor in this. Like, yeah. there's a game where they should probably just lose, like, based on all, like, the analytics or whatever and just stuff that comes out after the game uh, in terms of, like, you know, 
field position, win expectancy, all this stuff. But Caleb Williams just makes a few plays and they win. So I think they're a nine and three type team that will go at least ten and two because of Caleb Williams. You know. Yeah. No, that's that's very well said, and I'm with you on that. All right. Good stuff. Now we move on to. All right. We got Utah and then the two Washington schools. All right. Let's see Utah. Utah is going to be interesting for me because they. So. Why is this not okay? Over eight and a half is plus one hundred four. Under eight and a half is minus one twenty eight. This is a. This might be the toughest one for me because. A, we don't know what uh, Cam Rising's status is going to be, right? Because he injured, he like tore his ACL in the Rose Bowl. And then their road, like, they have a tough non-con because they host Florida Mm -hmm. and then they're at Baylor. Yeah, definitely. Um, Let's see, and then UCLA. Although, I don't know. I have a lean on this. Over eight and a half, so they have to go nine and three. They just have such staying power. Yeah. That's the thing with Utah is, like, you could be like, oh, this will be a down year for them, but they're just, like, they're they're a team with, like, one of the highest floors, I feel like, in college football every year. You right. Know what I'm saying? Like, right. especially playing in the Pac-12. Um that, the that, thing that throws game, it off, though, is just two extra tough games in the non-con. Yeah, and that Florida game is going to be real charged up because of what happened last year, I think. Yeah, I I think they beat Florida no matter what. I'm I'm more worried on about the Baylor. No, I agree with you, but that's <laughs> what I'm saying. is like right, Florida right. is going to be so emotionally charged that like getting up for Baylor might be like – Digging deep to find that. If anybody's going to do that, it's Utah. But that's that's a tough test out of the gate. So they do. So they play. They play Florida on Thursday, August thirty first, and then they have. So that means they have two extra days of rest. Right. It's like a mini Baylor. So it's not quite. But that is a 10, 10 a.m. local kickoff in Waco. Yeah. Okay. Well, so I'm okay. So I'm going over no matter what. Uh, I think at Washington's going to be tough. At USC is going to be tough. At Baylor is going to be tough, and at Oregon State is going to be tough. But they're not going to lose all those games. And I, I just I think they beat the only home the only game they have at home that scares me is Oregon. And yeah. So I, I just I just trust. Have, I think they have the best home field. In oh, absolutely. Like they that place is insane. It's so hard to play. Um, Elevation LSU. too. Yeah. So let's say when we. Oh, okay. I'm looking. Okay. So they need nine and three to go over. Yeah. You know what? Give me over too. All I'll right. Say nine and three. Yeah. I, I think the, the they'll run like the Whittingham run will come to an end eventually, but I don't think it's this year. Uh, all right, now on to the Washington Huskies, who are also at nine and a half. 
Uh, plus 118 for the over, minus 144 for the under. All right. So they just need to win 10 games. So Washington's schedule is interesting. They host Boise State, host Tulsa, at Michigan State, host Cal, at Arizona, by week, Oregon they host, Arizona State they host, at Stanford, at UCL, uh, USC, host Utah, at Oregon State, and then they host the Apple Cup. So uh, they'll lose one of those games in the month of November, I imagine, because that's just really difficult. But, man, I think, I don't know. I'm drinking a little bit of the Husky Kool-Aid, but I think this team is going to be so fun to watch. And I think it's just going to be so hard to slow down that offense, man. Yeah, 10-2 and would get you over, under is 9-3. and and Um. Yeah, I think they're five and zero by the time they get to the bye. I mean, you look at you look at going to East Lansing, and you're like, maybe, but I mean, they were they weren't very formidable last year. I don't know what they're going to look like this year, but Washington is so good. I'm not really worried about that. Yeah, um, and, and Michigan State had a few had some bad transfer stuff. Um, they lost, you know, Peyton Thorne went. I think he's at Auburn. And their best receiver left as well. So that's, you know. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I, I think Washington goes and, and takes care of that game. Um, so 5-0 and going into the bye. Oregon's going to be tough. Obviously, I mean, ASU, they should roll over ASU in Seattle. Stanford. USC, Utah, Oregon. Oof. 10-2. Yeah, you know what? Mm. Hey, you know, it's a tough schedule, especially yeah. Oregon, so. Utah, USC, Oregon, Oregon State. Okay. I'm thinking under, but just barely at nine and three. I feel that. But I, again, this is another one where it's like 10 and two. Would not shock me at all. No, no. All right. I'm taking the over, but I get your point. I mean, that last – I mean, their month of November, at USC, host Utah, at Oregon State, and then hosting the Cougs. Yeah. I, I, I think you're going to get this one. I, eh, again, I probably know. my coin flip where I'm just like either way. I'm so – I'm like 52-48 on the, the – yeah. Like it's so close. All right. And we close it out with the kitties on the Palouse. The Washington State Cougars over six and a half wins is priced at 132 on FanDuel, under at minus 162. I I think I'm going under here. I, I this feels like a six and six team to me. Yeah, that seems that seems about right. They seem like the the middle of the Pac-12 to me. Yeah, you know, like kind of the the uh, the line between the top and the bottom. Uh, like, yeah, they could <sighs> they could start off 
their their non-con is weird because they're at Colorado State, so that could be tricky. They host Wisconsin. That should be fun, but Wisconsin also beat them or lost to them last year, so they'll you know they're going to want to avenge that. Uh, host uh, Northern Colorado, and then they host Oregon State, and then they have a bye week in Week Five. Nobody wants that. Yeah, it's a pretty early buy. And then you got the gauntlet the rest of the way. Yeah. Just game after game after game. Um, also, that at Arizona State, on uh, that'll be ha- Halloween weekend, it's still going to be like 90s in yeah. And that is not, it's not going to be 90s in Pullman at that time. That's going to be, that's tough. And it's just, they have three, in the month of October, they have three road games. And I would say at UCLA is a weird, not super tough, but the other two are. And so, yeah. Yeah, I just, they, I, I, I do think they could win three games in November, but they could start out the year. Yeah, I'm just going under. So we'll see. But. Yeah, so I'm going to read off what the final rundown, the final rundown. Um, good Lord, it's always popping up both under. All right, ASU, we were both over four and a half. That makes sense. Arizona, we were uh, both over four and a half, you know. You would have been over five and a half. I would have been under five and a half for other books out there. Uh, Cal, we were both under five and a half. That's, that just seems too high with their non-con. Stanford, I took the over two and a half wins. Colton went under, and I feel like it's going to be determined in that Hawaii game. Um, Colorado, we both took the under for three and a half wins. Oregon was at nine and a half, correct? Um, let's see. Oregon, nine and a half. Yeah, nine and a half. Oregon, nine and a half. We both took the under. That's tricky. That is a, it feels like Oregon is the team that gets, uh, of, of the good teams, um, that's the team that gets maybe an extra loss. Um, Beavers. I took the over. You took the under at eight and a half. Mm-hmm. We both took, both took the under at eight and a half for UCLA, which I still I, I understand they have a joke of a non-con, but eight and a half for UCLA just feels too high. Yeah. USC, we both took the over nine and a half. Utah, we both took the over of eight and a half. That feels solid. Well, I took the over nine and a half for Washington. You took the under nine and a half. And we agreed on under six and a half for Wazoo. So hopefully we'll each what each get seven of them right so we can be above 500 on it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we 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 did see eye to eye on some of them, but we split on some of them. So somebody will ultimately reign supreme 
um, when it's all said and done. So I look forward to the fight. Got a month and a half left until kickoff. It's going to feel like forever, but <laughs> yeah. we are getting close. All right. Well, thank you for tuning in. Uh, please like and subscribe on YouTube. Rate and review on your podcast app of choice. And as always, go doubles.